Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. I'm Alana Trinilla, and my cookbook is The Homemade Kitchen Recipes for Cooking with Pleasure. The homemade kitchen is essential for any home cook dealing with the ups and downs that come with trying to be the perfect chef in the kitchen. Alana, how does your cookbook inspire us to feel more adventurous and optimistic in the kitchen? What I'm trying to do with this book is to really help home cooks just let go of any idea that they have to be perfect in the kitchen at all. I think these days, you know, especially surrounded by Instagram and Pinterest and food TV, there are just endless examples of perfection yes. in home-cooked food, and they're just not real, and we don't need it there. I mean, what would happen if we just let go of that and understand that if we make food in the kitchen and we're feeding ourselves and our families and our friends, that food is a success, and let's just you know, move on and eat it and enjoy it and just be easy on ourselves. You've built this book around a collection of phrases that you've taped up on your fridge over the years. My favorite is slow down. Do you have a favorite go-to phrase? You know, I think my favorite right now, especially because I'm, I'm in book season, is do your best and then let go. And that one, I just... I'm constantly repeating to myself because I have a little bit of a tendency to hold myself up to a high standard. And I think, you know, in so many different areas of life, whether it's parenting or my work in food or just my interactions with people, I, I just really want to do the best that I can. So I'm always trying to remind myself, you know what, do your best and then stop Stop, you know, overanalyzing, stop stressing it, let go and move on to the next thing. So that one has been really helpful for me. And, you know, I also love, if I can choose to, I love Don't Be Afraid of Food, that one. And it's just, it's something that people are really responding to with this book because I feel like with such uh, an active food conversation going on these days, sometimes it veers over into fear. And it just, you know, it's not what food is about. Food is supposed to bring us together. It's for celebration, for nourishment, for joy. And the moment we start being afraid in the kitchen, whether we're afraid of an ingredient or afraid we're going to mess something up or afraid it's going to make us fat or, you know, pick a fear, any fear, then I think it just brings us further away from where we need to be with our food. The first section of this cookbook is chock full of how-tos. What caught my eye was how to make a salad. I have to admit, I avoid making salads at home for my family because I, like you, dislike washing lettuce. (laughs) I hate it. It's funny how much we all hate that. (laughs) I don't know why it's the worst. Yeah. Tell us about your platter salads. Oh, I love that one. So the platter salad is a great recipe when you have a lot of produce and you don't quite know what to do with it. Because I feel like, especially if you're shopping at the farmer's market or maybe uh, you have your own backyard garden or you're even a member of a CSA farm, often you end up with so much produce and it can be 
it can be a little bit uh, stressful. Like, oh, how do I use all this beautiful produce before it gets slimy? So platter salads are a great way to use a bunch of things. And I really like to use a combination of cooked and raw vegetables. And really, it's just a layering of all different vegetables that are all tossed in a dressing. And usually there's a little protein in there and maybe some cheese and nuts. But what I like to do is often start with, you know, some roasted or steamed potatoes or roasted beets and toss those in dressing. And I'll add maybe some steamed green beans and some beautiful little raw cherry tomatoes and perhaps some feta or chev, uh, which you could make yourself as well. Um, you know, really everything in there goes and the thing that is often missing, which is funny, is lettuce. You know, good. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's good to sort of step beyond our idea of what a salad can be, and this really becomes a whole meal. And it's also great party food because you can really layer these vegetables with all their beautiful colors and textures on a big platter, and it's just it's art on the table, and everyone finds what they like, and it's really it's a stunner. Korea's national dish, kimchi, is so popular at the moment. Can you walk us through your kimchi recipe? Oh, absolutely. So I love making kimchi, mostly because I love eating kimchi. And my kimchi is really a pumped-up sauerkraut. So I've been making sauerkraut for years, just in a crock with uh, salt and cabbage, and that's it. And my kimchi just adds hot peppers and garlic and ginger and varies the type of cabbage a little bit. So it's really the same process and it's a great thing to do right now when all that produce is ready to go. So I'm always making kimchi in the late summer, early fall. And really all those vegetables just get combined in a big bowl with some salt and you can just beat up the vegetables until they release a little bit of brine, which is what happens when you beat up cabbage with salt. And then I put it in my crock and I weight it down with a plate and often a jar filled with water. And then I just let it make itself because my favorite recipes are the ones that I don't actually have to make, <laughs> which is why fermentation is so wonderful. And it usually takes a week to 10 days. And then I have fantastic spicy kimchi, uh, and I love it. We just eat it in everything. Now, kimchi really confuses me. Is it a condiment? Is it a main dish? You know, it it can be whatever you want it to be. But I, you know, in my kitchen, it really it it's more of a condiment because I like to put it in soups and noodles. And I have a recipe I love that's in this book, uh, which we call kimchi breakfast tata. <laughs> <laughs> and Tata is actually a name that my daughter made up for this dish when she was little. And it's really, it's a breakfast quesadilla because kimchi goes so well with eggs. And I eat it at breakfast time all the time. It's great, just like a scoop on scrambled eggs. So we ended up making a breakfast quesadilla with eggs and cheese. And then there's kimchi cooked right into the scrambled eggs. And it all goes into the tortilla and it is so delicious, and it's a great way to eat kimchi for breakfast. Now, I know your husband loves kimchi. What's the strangest thing he has put kimchi on? Oh, I, don't, I think there's nothing he hasn't put kimchi on. That's hilarious. So, um, 
Yeah, you know, I think I caught him putting kimchi on like plain spaghetti, and that was funny to me. And <laughs> you know, someone was actually just telling me about making kimchi and peanut butter sandwiches, which kind of made sense when I thought about it because kimchi is really wonderful on, you know, on sesame noodles. Oh. You know, anything with peanut sauce. But I, my first response was, whoa, <laughs> kimchi and <laughs> peanut butter sandwich. But I think, like, you know, when you have something that good and that packed with flavor, it's usually good wherever you want to put it. We live in a world of wasted scraps. What are some of your handy tips to keep vegetables longer in the fridge? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I have worked really hard on trying to preserve produce in my own kitchen just because I hate seeing things go to waste. But, uh, you know, I am a big labeler, so I will often um, label things. I'll keep lists outside of the refrigerator so that I know what's there, so that things don't get forgotten. And I'm just really careful to store things in in glass containers or plastic bags, often with uh, paper towels to absorb their moisture, just really taking care to store each vegetable in the way that makes the most sense for it. And I do, you know, I, I spent a lot of time developing those guidelines that I have in the book for, you know, what works best for each produce. But I think just being really good about labeling and knowing what you have in your fridge goes a long way. I never knew that the snack I make for my little boy after school was called a plowman snack. Where, where did you get that term, and what are your favorite little plates to put together? That really came from years and years ago. My husband and I, we went out for a beer at, at a, a bar in Greenfield, Massachusetts, and that was the, what they called their you know, delicious little platter snack, and I just loved it. I just thought it was, you know, it just sounded good to me, so for years and years, We've been calling it a plowman snack, and what it is is really, it's your classic, you know, charcuterie, a little bit of cheese, nuts, crackers, maybe a pickle, a fresh fruit or vegetable, and sometimes these are more complicated. You know, when I'm having a dinner party, I'll set that out before dinner, but sometimes I just like to set out a simple plowman snack right after school so that when everyone comes in and you know, I'm still working. My husband's a teacher. So my husband and my two girls come in and they're just starving. And so I can set that out and it just gives everyone something to eat quickly. So I love to do a little bit of fresh cheese. I make a lot of feta at home. So I like to do slices of fresh feta and I will do maybe a little bit of of cured salami or ham, which is wonderful. And I'll often have some quick pickles. Like I'll do quick pickles in the, in the kitchen, you know, maybe a couple days ahead of time so that they're always ready to go in the plum and sack. So I'll have carrots or you know, that I've pickled with ginger or fennel and a few olives, maybe some roasted nuts that I've done with rosemary and lemon and olive oil. And I just like to have these snacks ready to go so I can make a beautiful little platter and it makes us all happy. It's amazing how much food can turn into a celebration just by putting a little bit of care into it. Very rarely, if ever, does grief come up in a cookbook. Talk to us about your miso soup. It sounds like such a warm, comforting gesture. Mm, Yeah, that has been really helpful for me over the years. 
Um, I have a whole chapter in the book that's really about bringing food to people in times of birth and death and illness and just moments when a warm, lovingly cooked meal makes a really big difference. And that miso soup recipe is something that I use when, you know, someone in my community has lost someone and I don't know what to do and, you know, I need some way to reach out. And miso soup is such a simple soup and, you know, just has a few vegetables and a little bit of protein with the tofu. And, but what it really has is that salt from the miso. And I find, you know, in times when I've been in grief, the miso is so helpful for me because, you know, we just lose so much salt through our tears. And there's a way I think both, you know, in a poetic sense and in a real sense that, that, that sort of bringing that salty soup, it helps replenish it. It's just, um, it's comforting to everyone. So that has been the most effective tool I have, although it's, you know, it's so hard when people in our community lose someone and you just don't know what to do. So I'm trying to offer a few tools for people to reach out to when they're in that position. Last night for dinner, I made your recipe for butternut squash pasta with bacon and sage brown butter on page 166. Oh, I love that one. That meal made me feel like, okay, it's fall. Yeah, that one really says fall to me too. And I love how everything roasts in the oven. So it's sort of once it's all going, it, 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 uh, you know, it comes together so quickly. The homemade kitchen is a nice reminder that cooking should be pleasurable. Alana, where can we find you on the web? Well, my website is called eatingfromthegroundup.com, and I continue to write there about all the goings on in my kitchen. And there's all the information about the book and my big book tour, which is coming up. I'm, I'm going all over the country. That is all on my website. Great. Thanks for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it.